Hey, good morning, and welcome to uh, our podcast this morning for the Rooted, uh, LNBC Rooted podcast, and we're just uh, thankful to be here with you. i uh, got uh, Brother Matt with us here today, and, and Brother Matt, do you believe we're in week 29? Well, that's hard to believe. Yeah. Week, that's hard to believe. Week 29, that means we're over halfway through the year. we got about 23 more. Now, these podcasts before we reach the end of the year. So uh, we're just uh, glad to be able to do this. And today, uh, or this week, uh, we are actually looking at uh, 1 Samuel. And uh, we find that in our Bible, for, uh, Samuel is divided into two books, uh, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. However, I think in the original Hebrew, it was one book. And it got uh, changed to two books, I think, whenever it was translated into Greek and uh, so we're looking at 1 Samuel today. Uh, I believe a Jewish tradition says that uh, uh, Samuel wrote the book. However, I think uh, others have probably disputed that, and probably because Samuel died in chapter 25. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I believe that Samuel probably did write some of this, and no doubt some other prophets, maybe Gad and uh, Nathan. Uh, we find them in 2 Samuel. Mm -hmm. And so they probably had a part in this as well. But the book of Samuel uh, actually covers about 100 years of uh, Israel's history, somewhere around that time, uh, that amount of time. And uh, the purpose of the book uh, is to tell about Samuel's part in the establishment, you see, of the monarchy in Israel uh, with the appointment of Israel's first two kings, Saul and David. And uh, we find chapters 1 through 7, it tells us a little bit about Samuel, about his birth, about his call, and uh, it's very interesting. And I would suggest that you go back, uh, even though we're, we're starting uh, uh, today at chapter 16, uh, I would encourage you to go back and to read chapters 1 through 7 and just kind of get a glimpse of what's going on. Uh, in Samuel's life and how he's called and everything. And then we find in chapters 8 through 15, uh, we find that that represents Saul as a man of flesh. And uh, he did. He went off and did, did his own thing, didn't he? He kind of didn't wait on God and did his own thing. He was carnal. And, and we see that in uh, chapters uh, 8 through 15. And then in chapters 16 through 31, uh, we see that that represents David as a man of faith a man of trust, and he trusted God, and he was faithful. And uh, so we're going to start out today in uh, chapter 16, and uh, we find that it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? And, and Brother Matt, that's kind of interesting. We start out in the middle of something. Yeah, that's a difficult place to jump, jump in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we're reading our Bible, sometimes we come to a passage and we have to back up a little bit and understand why the things that were going on were going on. Right. And it's helpful jumping into chapter 16 to look back to chapter 15 and understand why Samuel was grieving or why he was mourning. Absolutely. Uh, he was mourning because King Saul had blatantly disobeyed God. Yes. Um, he was going to war with the Amalekites, and God specifically uh, told Saul and his army to, to wipe out all the people, um, to devote all of the things from the Amalekites to destruction. Well, Saul erred on both of, those, the, both of those instructions. He kept the king of the Amalekites, mm -hmm. um, kept him as, as a prisoner, and it seemed, seems like from chapter 15 he was treating him 
pretty well. Yeah. And then the Israelites took all of the all of the all of the bad things, all the not so nice things from the Amalekites and got rid of them, but they kept the best things. Yeah. And when confronted with that, Saul said, "Well, we kept them to give to God." Yeah. But it's, it, it seems like his intentions were not, not, not so spiritual. Mm-hmm. So we see where uh, Samuel confronts, confronts Saul mm-hmm. um, and prophesies, pronounces that because you've rejected the word of God, he, God, has also rejected you, Saul, from being king. Right. And the blessing of God and the, the protection of God on Saul was removed. Mm-hmm. And um, you see later... We'll get to it in this chapter, in verse in chapter sixteen, that the spirit of the Lord departed, departed from Saul. Departed from him. So, so God, God, God was 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 moving on uh, to this next king, would be King David, who would be a man of the spirit, a man after God's own heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in contrast with Saul, who was a man of the a man, man of, of the flesh. Yeah, a man of his own heart. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's kind of interesting when we go back into chapter 15 and, and whenever Samuel heard of the fact that they brought some of the cattle back and that they brought the king of, a- uh, king, uh, of the Malachites back, Agag, uh, that Samuel came to him and Samuel, what is this you've done? And he said, oh, I've done everything the Lord asked me to do. <laughs> and uh, I think of how that just kind of correlates with uh, some of our people today, uh, maybe even us, you know. Uh, well, I think I've done everything that God's asked me to do here, you know, and uh, we brought back the, and, and it wasn't me that brought back the cattle, it was the people, you know, <laughs> yeah, my people brought, they brought back the cattle and they brought back the finest of the cattle in order to sacrifice to God. Yep. And uh, and then he says, well, what, you know, what about this King Agag you brought back, you know, and everything, and, and when he brought him before him, uh, before Samuel, uh, Samuel even told him, he says, you've made many, many mothers childless he says and you your mother will now become childless and and uh brother matt and i was just talking before the podcast is that uh, it it's it's pretty serious because it, it says that samuel hacked him into pieces yeah imagine a <laughs> yeah a prophet a, yeah someone who's who's looked at as maybe maybe someone who's Yes, maybe so spiritual they don't get their hands dirty. No, he 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 got his yeah, he got his hands dirty. He got right in the action there. Well, a lot of people um, too. They think, well, you know, he should never do that. I mean, he should be kind and loving and caring. And but you know, these people, the Amalekites, had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. God doesn't do any of these things without giving people an opportunity to repent or to change their lives and. Just as it is today, we are to respect Israel, and we are to side with Israel. Mm-hmm. God says that those who bless Israel will be blessed, and those who don't, they'll be cursed. And so all of these, all of these kingdoms back then who were against Israel, uh, they had a chance uh, to respect Israel, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And that's the reason that uh, they were destroyed. And we find that's going to happen in the end. We find that all nations will go against Israel, and then uh, the Lord himself uh, will take care of that. So it's very interesting. And I kind of liked in, in chapter 15, uh, whenever Samuel was talking to, to Samuel, uh, Samuel told him, he says, Does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? He said, Look, to obey is better than sacrifice, and uh, that's something we need to take note of. 
Because if it was true back then, it's true for us today. And, as, and at the same time, he told him, he said, rebellion is like sin of divination, or it's like witchcraft. So we find that if when we're disobedient, I mean, that's, that's the same as witchcraft, and we need to be very careful. But then he goes on to say in the 16th chapter, he starts out by saying that Samuel was mourning. And uh, I kind of wonder, why, why would Samuel mourn over, over this event or over the fact that God had rejected Saul? And I kind of thought it was, it's kind of like us today, I believe. It's, you, you go and you witness to somebody, you tell them about the goodness of God and about how Christ died for their sins and, and how he loves them, and then they reject it. And we go away feeling they rejected us. Mm-hmm. But they didn't reject us, they rejected God. And I believe God even tells him that. He says, He says, How long will you mourn for Saul? He says, Since since I have rejected him. I think God was reminding him, it's not rejected you. I've I've rejected him. Mm-hmm. I think Samuel was sorrowful because of he had he and Saul was almost like in a way a son to him. He 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 guided Saul spiritually. He was the one who, when Saul was kind of you know, backward and, and and afraid to take on the mantle of being king, you know, Samuel was the one who 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 prophesied to him. You, know, you you're the you're the one that's going to be king of Israel. You know, God is making you king, and and uh, and he he put a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of uh, a lot of time into building Saul up to be the king that he was. And mm-hmm. to see to see someone Absolutely. that he had mentored fall, fall into away. sin, fall away from the Lord, had to be difficult. Well, and the fact that uh, Saul reached out and grabbed his uh, his garment before he left and ripped it, and that's when that's when Samuel told him, he says, "You know, God has ripped ripped the kingdom from you. Yeah, going to give it to someone else." And so he knew that. And then we find that God gives him a command. So I want you to go down to Bethlehem, and I want you to go to the house of Jesse. And they said, "Well, I'm going to you, you're going to need to anoint one of those as king." And of course, Saul was a little bit afraid, or Samuel was a little bit afraid to do that. He was. Um, he was afraid that Saul would get wind of what he was doing. And they, yeah, w- one thing we learn here is you don't want to be on Saul's hit list. Nope, <laughs> he'll follow you to the ends of the earth. Uh, but God provides a way that Samuel can. And go down to Bethlehem um, by making sacrifices and ministering there to the people of Bethlehem, right. and while doing that, can go to the can see the sons of Jesse, who God says, well, out of those sons is going to be the next king, and uh, even Samuel, uh, a man, a man of the Spirit, a man who God was using, um, was still it, it seems looking at the situation through. Man's, man's eyes, eyes. natural <laughs> eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, in 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 mm-hmm. verses six through through seven, uh, the, the the Jesse's sons, the older ones, the ones that are maybe we'd say more king material, are are coming before Samuel, and God keeps saying, "Nope, nope, nope." nope. And uh, a, a verse that many people quote, many people look back to, is in verse seven. It says, "The Lord does not see as man sees; man looks on the outward appearance." But the Lord looks on the heart. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And then uh, he he asked Jesse, you know, didn't you have any more sons than these? And yeah, I got a little shepherd boy out there, and he brings him <laughs> in, and he gets anointed, and and uh, and it's a 
it's an amazing it's an amazing story. We all know that story. I think most everybody knows that story. And at the end, a little later, we find that David is brought into King uh, uh, Saul's court, King Saul's court. And that and, yeah, that's when we get to verse fourteen, where it says that the spirit of the Lord had departed yep. from Saul. And uh, you know, we see uh, the factor is the spirit of the Lord. It's it's the empowerment of. You have the Holy Spirit. We as believers have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the Old Testament times, the Spirit of the Lord would come on men at various times to empower them for a specific task, and this kind of marks the end of Saul's, you know, Saul's service to God yeah, um, in, in many ways. Um, and well, he, Satan's always out there, and he's mm-hmm. ready to enter in any time he can. Absolutely. He take every opportunity that he can, and he's entered... Uh, this evil spirit's entered into uh, to Saul, and and he's having a difficult time mentally. He is being tortured, and he needs to be comforted some way, somehow. And isn't it interesting how music sometimes comforts us? Yeah, and, and think about David and his skills. Yeah. <laughs> we learn he's a skillful warrior. Later, he's skillful, skillful musician, um, and uh, it's interesting. When Saul is asking for a, a musician, one of the men in his court answered um, in verse mm-hmm. 18, you know, yeah. there, there's the son of Jesse, he's skillful in playing, and he's a man of war, he's prudent in speech, and it says, and the Lord was with, with him. him. So you see that contrast there, the spirit of the Lord has departed from Saul, an evil spirit has entered him, but the Lord was with David. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Absolutely. I believe he played, he played out there on the field for those sheep, to keep them calm, mm-hmm. and and how that uh, the music does calm, and and actually they brought him in, and and it did calm Saul. Uh, it calmed Saul, and uh, so we see that there's a lot of there's a lot of take that's taken place in between some of these chapters and verses. It, it's not like it's in chronological order that just went from here to here. To Absolutely, here. yep. And there was some time that passed. Uh, uh, David went back back home. He was tending the sheep. He took care of the sheep. We find that he he killed the bear, he killed the lion, and all of that. And and then his dad was sending him down to uh, uh, to the battle when they was uh, they was in battle with the Philistines. Now it's interesting that the Philistines were always plaguing Israel, always. And yep. uh, and so they they were in battle down there and. Uh, some of Jesse's sons had gone down to be a part of that battle, and David was sent down there to see how things were going and to check on his brothers. He had three older brothers, I believe. Three older brothers three that older, were in the conflict. That were in the conflict, and and so David uh, goes down there. And, of course, you know the story of David and Goliath. I mean, that that goes without saying. Everybody knows the story of David and the giant. And, uh, of course, David was upset. They were... The giant was uh, defiling the armies of the living God, and, and he wanted to know. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who's doing this? You know, Why are you all sitting here afraid to go down there and do battle with this dude? You know, he's, uh, God's on our side. And that shows how much David trusted and believed in his faith in God. Absolutely. And not to get too graphic, but he uses twice the term uncircumcised Philistine. Mm-hmm. That rite of circumcision was meant to show that the nation of Israel was set apart, set apart unto God. So what he's saying is this is someone 
who has not been set apart unto God, is not one of God's people, and we are God's people, why are we so afraid? Why are we cowering in fear to this person who the Lord is not with? Yeah. And the Lord is, has, has not chosen um, to be his instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for David, it was a spiritual issue. It wasn't a, yeah, it, it wasn't a natural issue. He said mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, that he should defy the armies of the living God. The living God. Um, and then David says, well, hey, I'll just go down there and fight him. Yep. And he said, he's just a boy, you know. He, he's not even grown up yet. And, <laughs> and, uh, and they said, well, you can't do that, you know. You, you're just a boy, and, he said, hey, he says, when I was out there in the field, he said, I cared for my sheep, I protected them, I, took, I killed the bear, I killed the lion, God will be with me through this. Absolutely. And, uh, and so he did. And, of course, everybody knows the story, how he took the five smooth stones and he goes down and he kills, uh, kills Goliath. And then uh, we come down to, uh, through this, uh, we, we find that Saul wants him to stay with him. Mm-hmm. Said, oh man, he's a great warrior. You know, we got to <laughs> we got to keep this guy in the camp. Yep. You know, I mean, he's uh, he keeps us uh, he keeps us going, and and so he did. He brought him into the camp, and he put him over some uh, men to, and they would go out and they would they would defeat the enemies, and they'd come back, and and uh, so he he became very well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find that his uh, success, even in chapter eighteen, uh, we find that. Uh, uh, in his success, that he had he had killed so many, and and, and when he come back into town, uh, they were all cr- calling out. The people were just singing this song: uh, "Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands." And well, Saul already had an evil spirit in him. <laughs> that evil spirit rose up. Uh, yep, it sure did. And yeah. it's interesting that you, at that time. Kings were known to lead their armies into battle, and here you see David is taking the place of Saul in that area of his mm-hmm. kingship. David is the one leading into battle, so it's no wonder why the people are praising David more than they are mm-hmm. Saul. Um, and uh, Saul was well, Saul was jealousy is not just something that we deal with today. It's no, been around it's for a long time. Been. It's always been. Saul was furious. He resented that song mm-hmm. and uh, caused him to have a very, very evil feeling toward David. And we find that Saul even attempts to kill David. Uh, said the next day, the evil spirit, uh, it came powerfully on Saul in a powerful way. You know, we kind of we say that Satan is not powerful. Uh, we know he's not as powerful as God. We know that, but we need to realize that he's powerful. Absolutely, uh, yeah, if he, absolutely. If he gets in and he takes a hold of your your spirit, he takes a hold of your life, it's very difficult, very difficult to come out from under that. And uh, we find that Saul, uh, when David come in, he played for him and everything, and, and uh, Saul was holding a spear and he threw it, <laughs> Uh, thinking that he would pin David to the wall, that David got away, got away from him twice, I believe the scripture says. So uh, Saul was Saul was afraid of David. And you see David yeah. being God's provision and protection. Absolutely. From David, from the time he he describes being uh, a shepherd and and fighting off the wild beasts uh, um, with Goliath, to even when his own king Saul was trying to kill him, God is protecting David. He's using David. 
Um, it's been I've heard it said before that the, the man of God is indestructible until his work is complete. Um, the God provides protection for people mm-hmm. that are serving Him, and that that's the case here. Um, you see behind behind the scenes, God is working, working, working to bring up this King, Absolutely. who eventually would be the um, the ancestor of the Son of God, Son Jesus. Of God. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. And you know the old saying is, you know, you want to keep your enemies close. <laughs> and, well, Saul uh, definitely did that, and, didn't he? <laughs> and, and, and Saul tried that by giving his daughter to David to marry, and uh, and actually she loved him. It's uh, mm-hmm. Michelle. Uh, she loved him, and uh, so uh, he took her to be his wife, and. Uh, and and Saul even said, "Okay, I'll tell you what. I will let you have her. Only I want you to do this." Yeah, yeah. And he wanted him to go out and kill a hundred Philistines. Now, actually, Saul wasn't looking at him killing these Philistines. He was looking for David to be killed. Oh, I, he said um, in verse twenty-one, he said, "I'm going to give her my. I'm going to give him my daughter." That uh, she may be a snare for him, a snare. and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. And then he sent him out. He said, "If you want to marry my daughter, you need to kill a hundred Philistines and bring me back evidence that evidence. You, you, you killed them." Absolutely. And uh, you know, you can read what that evidence was on your own. <laughs> uh, but in then in verse twenty-seven, we find out David went and not only did he survive, <laughs> he he killed two hundred Philistines. Philistines. Absolutely. So. I mean. I, I kind of wonder how what Saul was thinking here. He said, man, if he would go down against a man who is nine, nine, over nine feet tall and would defeat him, what made him think that he would not defeat these? Yep, you know? yep. I mean, he could, he could very well see that God was, was with him. And uh, uh, Saul realized that. He realized that the Lord was with David. Um, he tells us that in verse 28, and uh, and he also realized that his daughter loved David too, and so not and he only became the, even more yeah, afraid. <laughs> not only are the people of Israel behind David and are turning from Saul, now his own family. Uh, Jonathan is is oh, yeah. David's best friend. It said their hearts were knit together. Now his daughter um, loves him. Uh, Saul is Saul has worked himself into a lonely lonely corner. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting how that uh, God brought Jonathan and David together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jonathan just immediately uh, loved David. And, you know, I had a situation like that in my life. I had, there was a man in our community one time, and I, I knew him, and I always thought he was kind of arrogant and uh, didn't think a whole lot of him. But he came to church one night, and God forgive me, but the First thing I thought was, "What's he doing here?" <laughs> you know, and uh, and so during the service, this man gave his heart to the Lord. I mean, this is where we come up front, you know, to an altar and mm-hmm. and repented and, and accepted Christ as our Savior, and and he did that. And immediately, my heart melted, and I went up and I knelt beside him and I said, "God, forgive me, <laughs> forgive wow. me for thinking about this." And and it's just like God melted our hearts together. And we became the best of friends and wow. everything. And uh, and he died with a heart attack at a young age. And we, we were friends over for several years. And and uh, I still think of him today. And it, it breaks my heart because uh, we were separated. So, and that's kind of, I believe, the way Jonathan and David were. They were so close. They became so Absolutely. close. Absolutely. 
Uh, and David delivered uh, uh, from Saul. Uh, Saul ordered his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. Even his own son, he said, I want you to kill him. I want all, any of my servants to kill him. And, uh, and, he, and he told, uh, Jonathan told David that. He said, my father Saul intends to kill you. And he said, be on your guard. Be on your guard in the morning and, and hide in a secret place and, and stay there. And uh, then Jonathan spoke well of David. And Saul listened to Jonathan's advice and, and swore an oath. And surely, as the Lord lives, he said, David will not be killed. Uh, so Jonathan summoned David and uh, told him all of these words. And, and then Jonathan brought uh, David to Saul, and, and he served him and he, as he did before. But what do we find? It happened again. Oh, an evil <laughs> Saul's, spirit. Yeah, Saul's jealousy, that evil spirit, uh, said there was war again. Um, and then in verse, uh, starting in verse 11, you have yeah. uh, Saul sending people to David's house to wait for him when he'd come out the next day to kill mm-hmm. him. Uh, but, of course, he is Saul's daughter, married to David. At the house there, she, she helps David to escape, and she sets up a, a, dummy, a dummy in, in the, the bed. bed. Uh, yeah, said he's sick, <laughs> like a movie or something. Yeah, yeah, something you find sick. in a movie, and um, they, eventually the the men come in and they find that they've been faked, they've been been duped, um, and and David escapes, and um, he, uh, mm-hmm. he he goes out to the um, the area of Rama, meets Samuel, um, and Samuel and he um, live together for a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Samuel ministers to him, and um, absolutely. Saul Saul keeps sending messages. It's poor Saul. You almost feel sorry for him. Um, yeah. He keeps sending messengers out to go get David, but every time the messengers get there, they meet Samuel and they begin to prophesy with Samuel. Yeah. Um, does that three times, I believe, mm-hmm. and right. then Saul decides to take care of. Yeah, you know, if you want it done right, do it yourself. Yeah. And uh, Saul goes down there and. Lo and behold, Saul starts prophesying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> you know, you kind of wonder what, what was going through his mind at that point when he couldn't help himself, that, you know, that the power of God was... Uh, yep. Uh, and we don't have specifics as far as what what the details of that prophesying was, whether that had to do with uh, the future of David and his yeah. ascending to... to we, we just don't, we don't know, um, but we do know that... Um, Saul did not did not succeed in killing David yet again. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And uh, and they were having these feasts or these in at the new moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find that uh, Saul he took his seat and Abner took his seat, which was his main dude yep. in his yep. in his army. Took his seat across from him, and of course Jonathan was there, but David's seat was empty. And uh, he didn't think much about it the first time, the first night. But then the second night, whenever David wasn't there, he wanted to know. He said, where is, where is David? Because he wanted to keep track of him for mm-hmm. sure, didn't yep. he? Oh, yeah. And we find that Jonathan takes up for him, doesn't he? Jonathan, he kind of covers for David. He does. And he says, oh, he says, uh, I tell you, he said he asked permission to go to Bethlehem. He said they were having, uh, you know, they were they were having... Uh, uh, a, a feast there or a sacrifice, and and he asked if he could go, and I gave him permission to go, and and it's it's interesting how 
Saul then gets on Jonathan's side, bad, bad side. He starts, uh, he starts telling him. He even actually picked up a spear and threw it at Jonathan yep. to kill his own son. And, it, and he, he even talks bad about Jonathan's mother, mama. Mother, <laughs> yeah. If you really want to insult someone, you talk bad about mama. And he, he, he says, you are a son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Saul's anger now is kindled against Jonathan. Jonathan. And Jonathan is angry at his father, it says in verse 34, because right. his father had disgraced him by publicly, you know, in the middle of this prestigious dinner, Jonathan's father p- tried to kill tried him, to kill him in front of everyone. Um, so oh. Jonathan goes out to warn David in, in the field, and it's, it's interesting, though, yeah, they, had pre, they had set up beforehand an arrangement by which Jonathan could discreetly let David know if it was okay to come back or if Saul was still so angry that David needed to flee. And uh, um, by, the way, by way of shooting arrows and having mm-hmm. uh, um, his assistant, so, a little boy, go collect the arrows, and um, Jonathan communicated to David that, no, you need to, you need to flee, you need you to need, leave. And, you need to get out of there. Get yeah. out of Dodge. Yep. <laughs> and that was difficult. Yeah. I think those friends knew that that was really the moment that their friendship while it would continue, they would they wouldn't see each other again. Yeah. Um, well, and they made that pledge for toward one another mm-hmm. in, in verse forty two, of chapter twenty two. You know, and uh, they said, "This uh, let the Lord uh, be a witness between you and me, and between my offspring and your offspring forever." And uh, we find that it, it was. Mm-hmm. David uh, made good on that. David made good that on covenant. that in chapter nine. Uh, I believe we find that uh, after Jonathan and Saul. Uh, had had passed that David wanted to find some descendants mm-hmm. of Jonathan, and he found his son. He did, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, yep. And, uh, and then we get into, uh, well, this is kind of the end of our, our time. I'm <laughs> going to, I was going to try to go a little further. But, <laughs> well, we'll but, pick up next we week with ver- chapter, week 21. chapter 21. Uh, but it's... And, uh, but it's kind of interesting how that uh, all of these things take place. And whenever you're reading all of this, uh, take note of uh, of how God is protecting mm-hmm. uh, David, uh, and how that if we are in the center of God's will, God will protect us as well. Definitely, and, definitely. Uh, he loves us just as He loved David, and uh, found that David was a man after God's own heart. Are you a person after God's own heart? Think about that. Think about these things as you read through it. And uh, then we'll talk to you next week, uh, and we'll start with uh, uh, chapter 21. So we hope you have a great day. May God bless you, and enjoy reading God's Word.